On today's Locked On Texan podcast, a message from CJ to the fans. And Cody, now look at more takeaways from Sunday's win versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texan fans, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers to this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You already know what it is, your team every day. If you are new to the Locked On Texan podcast, thank you for stopping by. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and comment. Thank you to all of our returning listeners. I am your Texans football analyst, John Some Sports Guy. Hickman, and of course, joining me as always is your Texans beat reporter, credentialed media member, a guy who's around the team all the time, all day, yes, and yes, Sports sir. Illustrated's own Cody Davis. And this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today we're going to look at Coach Ryan's first four games into his head coaching career. More unsung heroes versus the Steelers and takeaways. But guys, C.J. Stroud mm. and his message to the fans. I want to say, man, and I've been thinking about this for a long time. We, y'all deserve to feel special. Y'all deserve to root the Texas on. Like, um, not winning since 2021. I think it was around Christmas, like, like that ain't flying from, like, anybody in this building. And I want them to know, like, we find our tails off every day to make sure y'all walk around with Texan gear pride. Like, y'all, y'all walk around with that swag that we walk around with when we get a dub. Um, and for me, that's, I take that real personal because uh, I don't like being bagged on by my teams. Like, when my Lakers lose, I'll be pissed. So, <laughs> so like, I, I tell you, I take that stuff real serious, man. And it's up to us to, to work every day and put the work in and, um, like you've seen, I mean, them, the Steelers fan came came and they showed out today in our stadium, and we sent them home. Um, and I think our our fans felt the energy, like man, we ain't, we ain't playing today, like from the get go. So um, I just want to say, man, like we're gonna keep like we're gonna keep fighting every day just so y'all can walk around with that swag. Um, I think that's huge, man, for this team. That's something that we want to keep building on, and um, it's a blessing to be able to be in Houston, like a great town uh, with a lot of stuff to do, great people. Uh, Southern hospitality to its finest. I mean, I'm falling in love with the city little by little. So um, it's a blessing. John, I know normally I do not do these type of things, but I think it's time because the one thing that I want to relate to a lot of Texans fans out there, you finally have a quarterback that you can get behind. You have a head coach that you can get behind. You have young and promising talent and good veterans that you can get behind. And it's finally time to get behind this organization. And I said that because Texans fans out there, and I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart, I want Sunday's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers be the last time the opposing team fans outshine and outnumber mm. Houston Texans fans mm. inside NRG Stadium. Mm. And look, I understand wow. it. I get it. I the it. last three years, especially the last two years, I'm not going to count 2020 too much because that was during the um, pandemic and everything. 
But 2021, 2022, I understand it's been bad. I understand this franchise did and made decisions that we were all like, including myself, there is no way in the world we should be here. I understand it. I get it. There was a lot of frustration. However, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am tired when I turn on Kirby and I'm getting to the parking lot where media is supposed to park and I'm, and I'm, and I'm driving in front of NRG stadium and I'm seeing opposing teams fans show out in Houston Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers was terrible. It reminded me of in 2021 when the Seattle Seahawks came to town. I felt like we was in Seattle. And of course, last year when Kansas City came to town, I thought we was in Kansas City. And it was just that bad. And I love what C.J. Strauss said towards the end of that clip. Hey, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, they came in, they showed out, and we sent them home with an L. Ladies and gentlemen, the very next home game in John. You know how I feel about my Saints. I bleed black and gold because I'm from New Orleans, baby. But ladies and gentlemen, do not let who that nation come inside Houston, come inside NRG Stadium, and outnumber you guys. It is time to start taking pride in your team in the Houston Texans. Yeah, can you play that clip one more time? Play the clip one more time. One more time. Which, by the way, happy 22nd birthday, CJ Stroud. I want to say, man... And I've been thinking about this for a long time. We, y'all deserve to feel special. Y'all deserve to root the Texans on. Like, um, not winning since 2021. I think it was around Christmas. Like, like that ain't flying from like anybody in this building. And I want them to know. Like, we're fighting our tails off every day to make sure y'all walk around with Texan gear pride. Like, y'all, y'all walk around with that swag that we walk around with when we get a dub. Um, and for me, that's, I take that real personal because. Uh, I don't like being bagged on by my teams. Like when my Lakers lose, I'll be pissed. So, <laughs> so like I, I tell you, I take that stuff real serious, man. And it's up to us to to work every day and put the work in. And um, like you've seen, I mean, them, the Steelers fan came came and they showed out today in our stadium, and we sent them home. Um, and I think our our fans felt the energy. Like, man, we ain't, we ain't playing today, like from the get go. So, um, I just want to say, man, like we're gonna keep. Like, we're going to keep fighting every day just so y'all can walk around with that swag. Um, I think that's huge, man, for this team. That's something that we want to keep building on. And um, it's a blessing to be able to be in Houston, like a great town uh, with a lot of stuff to do, great people, uh, hot, Southern hospitality to its finest. Um, and I'm falling in love with the city little by little. So um, it's a blessing. My comments, my takeaway from that, and we, we really, guys, I wanted to open up with more takeaways from Sunday's game as we normally do. Mm-hmm. But – the realization is fans, uh, long time, even though this is the youngest NFL franchise in its current state, not dating back to the Oilers, but the Houston Texans, this is the youngest franchise in the NFL, right? Only 21 years, and CJ just turned 22. You know, it's kind of funny, <laughs> right? But you can go back to Deshaun at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can go back to the early 2010 era of football of the Houston Texans football where collectively as a unit they were you know full of pride they were good it was a good team and then again Deshaun but for CJ 22 years old right fighting through adversity 
through the draft process, you know, the S2 test BS to hmm. the, he can't do this. He's a, he's that maybe because he's from Ohio be, state, <laughs> right? Everything has to be perfect. They also had elite wide receivers. And when you look around the NFL right now, who's had a, having a better season, Nico Collins or Jackson Smith from Jigma. And I think when you look at the correlation, CJ played with one, while in Ohio State, mm. and he was phenomenal. CJ is playing with another while in Houston, and he's playing phenomenal. What I'm getting at is CJ is the man for this franchise. He kills every press conference, and whenever he's at the podium, he constantly gives thanks to who, who his who his Lord and Savior is. I remember him talking about while at Ohio State, those guys were like brothers, and he didn't know if it was like that in the NFL. So now you're hearing stories about, you know, they, they're, they're getting together for dinner constantly, and he, mm. he's building that brotherhood and that bond. And it's a we thing. It's a, you know, it's a us thing versus everybody. So what I'm getting at is the message to the fans, the message to the media. We've had to cover bad quarterback play here. Hmm. And the last time there was good quarterbacking, there was also turmoil, Bill O'Brien out in four games, uh, exotic defenses, uh, Romeo Cornell stepping in, only winning four games, the the madness surrounding Deshaun Watson right after that, and he wants to be out. This is the first time where there's calm after the storm. This is the first time where there's relief after the pain of being a Texas fan, a media member, working in that front office, if you're still around, everything. And so I think that message is to the city of Houston. He already said throughout last week, they got to play us. The whole storyline last week was Mm. Houston having to take on the Steelers. Well, they got to play us too, right? And you mentioned, Cody, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, outshining the Texans fans. But I tell you what, there's a video going around and the Steelers was happening. They used to see them sad. I tell you what, it won't be the same. (laughs) <laughs> right. And I think a lot of fans were just waiting for the right moment to buy in, because as a fan, when you get invested, mm. you have to go out there. You have to see Jeff Driscoll and Kyle Allen taking snaps for your franchise. I don't want to go see that. I don't want to go support a team that has made bad decisions over and over and over again. But I'll tell you guys what they made the right decision, blocking out all the other BS that came with it and drafting C.J. Stroud through four weeks. He is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I'm not saying that he is a, you know, over the course of time, top five, but you cannot name five quarterbacks right now playing better than CJ. And I'll take it a step further. I don't know if you can give me three quarterbacks playing better than CJ Stroud right now. Last week on the Locked On uh, Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, I said, I think right now C.J. Stroud is better than Deshaun Watson, at least in terms of accuracy. Then he goes out there and he, and he proves it. This guy is a franchise savior. He's going to be able to put butts in the seats. He's going to be able to sell tickets. He's going to be able to sell jerseys. But overall, I truly believe at the end of the day, I don't know he's going to be able to win it. But I think C.J. Stroud, when they continue to build around him, he's going to be able to take this team to the promised land, something that Houston Texans fans have been waiting to see since Moses talked about it. They've been marching <laughs> around. Yeah, they've been marching around for 200 years, 20 years. They ain't never seen the promised land. Now they have their Messiah and CJ Stroud. And of course, I'm playing on words here to take them to the promised land. I think he's going to get it done. He is the key 
to this franchise to unlock their potential and to get to the next level. So that message to the fans, I think, is a message to the entire city of Houston. There will no longer be mediocrity accepted in that building from your quarterback. And that's exactly the type of words you want to hear from your quarterback. And also he's going out there and showing why he means what he says. Listen, guys, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event because game time is available right there. It's fast. It's easy. An easier way to buy tickets for all your, all of the sports, comedy, music, and theater events near you. Also, with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets and make it easier for you. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and much more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account, redeem code, Locked on NFL for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And John and myself, we're going to revisit the Houston Texans 30 to 6 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers one more time before we move forward to the week five contest against the Atlanta Falcons later on this week. But, John, I think Sunday's game, in the words of D'Amico Ryans, everybody, all 53 men who touched the field on Sunday, everybody played a role in the victory. And I think it's fitting for us to go back and look at more of the unsung heroes of the guys who played a role in the Houston Texans' victory. Um, My, I guess, biggest unsung hero is a guy that didn't even suit up. He used to. He did it for 10 years, and he was inducted into the Ring of Honor on Sunday. That means one of my unsung heroes was J.J. Watt. And, guys, I know some of you guys might hear that and think to yourself, well, Cody, what do you mean? Are you just saying that because he was in the building? No. Going back to Friday's practice, what media was able to see, we saw J.J. Watt come in, and, of course, he was, you know, talking to Nick Casario, talking to D'Amico and stuff, and – He was at practice on Friday. After Sunday's game, Will Anderson Jr. came out and revealed that Watt had a meeting with the Texans players, and the message that he gave resonated with every single one of those players. Don't let my little brother win. (laughs) One of the messages, but let's just listen to what Will Anderson had to say. Yeah, JJ's been a good mentor for me so far. You know what I'm saying? I'm a start sending him some more clips so I can get some more help. But he's been good, man. I mean, honestly, it's a it's a privilege and it's a blessing to have somebody like JJ to communicate with, to help out, you know what I'm saying? What he's done in the league, what he's done for the Houston Texans is unbelievable. And then the speech he came and gave to us um, Friday, and I mean, it was Friday or Saturday, but one of those days he has said a lot of powerful words. And I really think, I think it stuck with the team a lot. Just don't take anything for granted. Like you hear, you're in the NFL. Like it's not a lot of people that can say that. And I think that resonated with a lot of the guys. The reason why I said J.J. Watt was an unsung hero because 
what Will Anderson said, him talking to the team, delivering a message, and I hate knowing that he didn't reveal what J.J. Watt told that organization, but it still showcased that Watt is still a leader, and his words still has power to encourage a, a, a whole entire team in order to go out there on the field, showcase what they can do, and not only beat, in John, in your words, his little brother, but go out there and dominate in the fashion that they did. And I think it's very fitting to say J.J. Watt was an unsung hero because, look, as great as the offense played, they put up 30 points. The the, the, fir the first time since 2021 they had back-to-back -back games of 30-plus points. I was more impressed by the defense. And what better way to put on arguably your best defensive performance when you hear from not only the GOAT of this franchise, but by far the best defensive player in franchise history. J.J. Watt, unsung hero. Shout out to the GOAT of the Houston Texans. Yeah, man. So some of my takeaways from Sunday's game, uh, I definitely want to look at how Houston got it going on the ground. Of the 139 rushing yards, Houston gained 69 of those runs from the left side of the ball. So I did want to put that out there. I thought the addition of Austin Deckless was great when he was out on the field in terms of being able to run the ball towards his side. Last week, I challenged the linebackers to keep everything in front mm -hmm. of them and be better in coverage. And according to PFF, between Christian Harris, Blake Cashman, the rookie linebacker Henry Toto and Jake Hansen, who saw some passing down snaps. The linebacker group only allowed 52 yards on eight catches. That's 6.5 yards per catch compared to 107 yards allowed on 10 catches last week. And on paper and on field, the linebacker stepped up big as the game went. I believe Matt Burke and D'Amico Ryans got comfortable with being able to disguise coverages because of how good their linebackers were playing. But my unsung heroes isn't just one. I mm. want to give love to the linebackers because I thought they played well. I thought Christian Harris played very good. His breakout game of the year, 13 yes, total tackles. Uh, he was everywhere on the field. And he was a guy that, remember that George Pickens bucked at him? He was kind of like, <laughs> scared or whatever like, and uh, guys i'm glad that we have players on this team that does that right so i thought christian harris who led the linebacker group he played well breakout game for him one of the games i've been waiting to see and i think he can only get better from here but all week how will houston block tj watt how will they mm. block alex highsmith how will they defend that 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 duo of the edge rushers and guys Tank Dale, John Mechie, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, Quentin Tegan Quatoriano, who had a very good chip block on that touchdown pass to Nico Collins, helped passing, uh, making it harder, passing off T.J. Watt, I believe, to Garyon Christian. I think when T.J. Watt got a little bit close, I believe that was the left guard that was able to step back and make contact on him to give C.J. just enough time. But – collectively as a unit the skill position players mm. got out there got dirty put in some of their work hey man john mitch is probably what 510 uh, yeah i say i think he got an inch over me now tank dale we out of eye i don't care what the what the numbers show <laughs> and what john mitch is about what like 180 maybe 
I say, yeah, one eighty-five. He's not. He's not a big guy. But boy, did John Mitchell get out there and block down, move bodies out the way. Tank Dale get nasty, get physical. Robert Woods, a guy that you know, one of the reasons we justify the signing, not the money, but the mm. signing, is because of how well he blocks down the field, and he was active. And so you look at Houston being able to finally establish themselves in a sense on the ground, rushing for over 100 for 139 the first time of the year. It was a all-hands-on-deck situation. It was, an, uh, you know, going into that game, you saw how Houston was able to game plan. So, again, a lot of credit to Strouser, the offensive line coach, and Bobby Slug for finding a way to neutralize that defensive front. But everybody had a hand on the hat, and they were able to create lanes and small creases for the running backs to run through, especially early in the game when you looked at how active Damian Pierce was and also in being able to protect C.J. Stroud. Again, can't rave enough about how good Brevin Jordan was as a blocker uh, mm. against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tegan Quatoriano. So this was a statement win. And in statement wins, of course, we get caught up and lost in the bigger plays. The 52-yard touchdown, the two-yard touchdown, the Damian Pierce screen, which, by the way, brother, we don't need that much contact. We want to see you be a Texan for the rest of your career. Hmm. But some of those bigger plays, you get caught up in that. But how those bigger plays come to fruition, this game it was all the dirty work that the you know the wide receivers were getting involved in, and that's my – unsung heroes they did a very good job of allowing houston to be able to get it going on the ground for the first time in the season and i think that allowed houston to get comfortable in their play calling throughout the game so kudos to the wide receiver core especially john Mechie. we got the hmm. same name man to see you back <laughs> on the field hitting guys getting physical catching 20 yard touch i mean 20 yard ca- catches and passes man I'm glad to see that young man back out there. Hmm. I do uh, have two more unsung heroes on the defensive side of the ball. Um, first and foremost, the return of Jalen Petrie. It did not seem like he lost a step being out for those two games. And I think that I think the pairing between him and Jimmy Ward is definitely going to make the Texans defensive backfield. Um, what we expected coming into the season, my last unsung hero, the veteran, the old man in the building, Jerry Hughes, no. you're talking about somebody that went out there and did the dirty work, John. When you go back and you take a look at the first possession that the Steelers had, they was they was trying to move the ball on the ground. The secondary had already established their dominance. However, it was Jerry Hughes that broke in the backfield, got the first first of three sacks on Kenny Pickett, and I kind of felt like he kind of set the tone for that defensive front because right after that, the def- the, the defensive line unit went nasty on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's part of the reason why, pause, there you're happy, and that's part of the reason why when you look in the first half, the Texans only gave up 52 total yards, and they did not get into the Texans' territory until three or four minutes into the third quarter. Shout out to the vet, Jerry Hughes. Let's go back to our keys to victory. All hands on deck, protect C.J. Stroud. That was number one. The D tackles play discipline, control your gaps. The D tackles did very well in this game in doing that. We give a lot of love to the linebackers right now, you know, highlighting Christian Harris and the job that that group did. I thought the D tackles played 
one of their better games of the year and defensively create turnovers. And Houston was able to do that. A fourth down stop, I consider that a turnover, an interception from Steven Nelson. They did have a fumble that was picked up, but the intensity from the defense was there. I think all of those three things is what helped Houston get the 30-6 to victory. When we come back, D'Amico Ryans, judging mm. him through four games early into his coaching career, uh, you guys want to stick around to hear Cody and I's thoughts. Stop, stop, stop what you're doing. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. You place a $5 bet. Five hundred, five two hundred, five two hundred. It's a no-brainer. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, then there's no better time to get in on the action. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers and Texan fans across the world. Two games, two wins in a row, two 30-point mm. games back-to-back, two very good defensive performances going back to the Jacks. I was like going back to that second half versus the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to the Jacks, following uh, following that game up with a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you look at D'Amico Ryan's, the coaching staff that he's put together, right? Let's 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 make sure we highlight that because hmm. I think through four weeks, a lot of times you can highlight maybe one or two you know guys from a team, but through four weeks, you can highlight CJ, right? And I think. Bobby Sloak is a name we, we're going to mention. Shane Day and Bill Lazor, that offensive staff, they've been able to put together some great things. Uh, you can highlight the DBs for Houston. Dino Vasso, a guy that you and I love. We've been loving Dino mm. for the past couple of seasons. You can highlight uh, the wide receivers, right? So you can, you can highlight Jerry Johnson and the quarterback coach, what, what's going on. D'Amico Ryans has put together a very good staff, and when we judge him through four games, that's a part of that, right? Like, (laughs) this is an all-hands-on-deck for a rebuilding team who I think now is in the building stage, not the rebuilding stage. We'll wait, and I'll I'll give more on that uh, at the end of the year. But through four games, man, one word is how I would describe, how I will describe D'Amico Ryans. That word is rejuvenation. I like that. He's re, he's, he has really brought life back into this franchise. And a lot of people may say it's only two wins in a row. <clears throat> we got to play more games. Absolutely. But did you feel this way with Daryl Morey? I'm not Daryl Morey. Morey. <laughs> oh, oh, he got his own boy? issue. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, you talking uh, about da- da- David Cully? David Cully, did you feel this way about David Cully? Did you feel this way about Lovey Smith? Uh, we're talking about the first four games of his career, the last four games for Bill O'Brien in Houston. <laughs> did you feel that way about Bill O'Brien? Actually, you got to go back to five because that first of those five games was that playoff game. Did you feel that way? And so D'Amico has really rejuvenated, is a big part 
of the rejuvenation for Houston, right? Guys, going back to the hiring press conference, they had the T-shirts, they had the, the energy, it was red everywhere, got the cap everywhere. Mm. So the life that you're seeing right now that is being displayed by your rookie quarterback by your, you know, other franchise, not franchise players, well, franchise players or other guys on this team. I think that comes directly from D'Amico. And in turn, that is getting better play out of players. That, that you, you're seeing the guy that is getting the most out of. And you, you that's the way you win. You're not going to have 53 stars on a 53-man roster. But you're going to be able to get some good play out of Shaq Griffin. Hmm. But you're going to be able to coach up Henry Toto through four weeks, who has progressively shown signs to get shown signs to get better. But you're not going to abandon one of your better players. You're going to find ways with your offensive staff to get him involved in the run game and Damian Pierce. Hmm. But you're going to make sure that your quarterback can get that comfort. And when he does, you put all confidence in him, and you're seeing the result of that. Right, this isn't a team that's being held back offensively because their coach uh, doesn't trust or isn't able to, you know, capitalize on the quarterback play. This is a different team, and I believe that a lot of that goes to it should be credited to D'Amico Ryan's. Hmm. I 100% agree with you. I mean, you stole the word that I was going to say, rejuvenation. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because you hit all of the points that I wanted to um, say. But what I would say is that. What, what two of the things that I love most about Costa Mico Ryan's one, the players you can tell that they actually have a coach that they believe in, and that's something that we did not see in Lovey Smith. And I know we 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 didn't see it too much with David Cully, but at the same time, they respected David Cully. You know, I remember that 2021 season, especially towards the back half of the year. Um players went out there and played hard for Cully just because of the situation he was put in and, you know, they're respecting him. But with Coach D'Amico Rhines, man, they believe in that. They they believe in that young man and they're literally going out there and giving their all because the message that he is, that he is instilling into these players is something that is part of the reason why we are seeing this organization, seeing this team going this two-game win streak. And John, for me, when I look at Costa Mico Ryan's and how he how he rejuvenated this 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 franchise and the players, it's not even about the wins. I go back to the first two games of the season with the losses, especially against the Indianapolis Colts. When you was down, I believe it was like 20 points midway through the third quarter, because you had a coach on the sideline in Costa Mico Ryan's. It's part of the reason why. Once they started getting into a rhythm, I'm like, okay, this is something that they can build on. Even if they don't complete this comeback against Indy, it's something they can build on for the rest of the season. That's what we've been seeing over the last two years. And two, and most importantly, I love how this is not a dictatorship. Hmm. Sunday, Coach D'Amico Ryan's, you know, we've seen this game, correct me. We've seen this team, correct me if I'm wrong, Go forward on four down. I think every single game so far this season. Mm. And D'Amico was asked about it. And D'Amico said, Look, I have full confidence and I support Bobby Sloyd and this offense. If they want to go forward on four down, I'm right along with them. And I love how he's working with his coaching staff, but he's not only working with his coaching staff, he's working with his players. I can't tell you ever since the start of the season. 
I've heard so many players, whether win or lose, say, hey, we talked to Bobby Sloick and we made this suggestion and they went out and made the adjustments. And that's part of the reason why we started excelling. We talked to Coach D'Amico Ryan to say, hey, I like being played like this, X, Y, and Z. He go out there and make the adjustments. And that's part of the reason why we are seeing these players exceed. I love how the Houston Texans are running with a democracy these, these days, because when you go back and you take a look at the previous regime, <laughs> the entity himself, it was somewhat of a dictatorship. And that's part of the reason why we did not see that organization. We did not see those group of players reach their full potential because they had the talent. They, they, they had the, the productivity and entertainment, but they had everything that you wanted. But because the coaching staff and, and, and ownership and the players, they was never on the same accord. That's part of the reason why they fell short. You definitely don't have that here in the city of Houston. I think overall four games into his career. That's what I love most about coach D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, a rejuvenation and a rejuvenation. Uh -oh. Two different things. <laughs> the block is hot here in Houston. Yes, sir. <laughs> some hot boys here in Houston, man. And, and, and you know what? Uh, I think, you know, it's like one of those moments where you just kind of sit in it and, 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 and be happy that you're getting an opportunity to experience, you know, a different field. By the way, John Gennard has six, I mean, three sacks on the year, uh, 12 tackles. How good has he been for this D line? Right. It was it was predicated around the what Will Anderson can do throughout the offseason. Cody and I on and off camera talked about how big of a year contract year mm. is and Texas, you know, they got players every contract year. They turn up. <laughs> they turn up. Right. But I think what John Gennard is being right now could possibly be the Whitney Merciless to JJ Watt. Once Will Anderson can, you know, find different ways to actually get those sack numbers and after the quarterback can get more involved. But John Gennard has played very good and has been by far the best D lineman for Houston. I want to shout him out because he's been an unsung hero. And thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. It's early in the morning. We're bringing it to you just like we would later at night. Make sure that you follow the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. Give me a follow uh, on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And I meant follow on Twitter, but also subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on all the social media platforms at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Shout out to CJ Stroud once again. Happy 22nd birthday, man. Keep doing your thing. Shout out to Coach D'Amico Ryans. You guys have really changed this franchise around. Can't wait to see what the rest of the Let's 2023. Let's get CJ some turkey leg hut today or some yeah, we, 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 we got We got to give him some. No, give him Trill Burger. You know, they didn't want to. Give, give he, probably, he probably already had Trill Burger. Let's get some Timmy Chan. <laughs> <laughs> or some dreams wings, and uh, we, we let's have a good day for CJ. See, man. see you trying to give him the itis, you try to give him the itis. You know, you, you uh, got to be careful once you dip into that type of food because you you get that itis, you ain't gonna be ready on Sunday, it's gonna true. take you about a week. So well, let's hold on for that for right now. Yeah, by a week, let's get let's get CJ some Timmy Chan, man. Let's let's do that for him. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> but until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.